Good morning. Welcome to Gateway Church Online. My name is Pastor Greg. So excited to have you joining us today for church on this Easter Sunday. Christ has risen and is alive. He's defeated sin and the grave. And uh, what a great Sunday of celebrating the goodness of God and the strength and power of Jesus. We're going to be talking about forgiveness and the art of forgiving and forgetting. You know, I want to just believe today is going to be a great day for you. You're going to have victory in the area of your relationships, relationships with your kids, with your parents, with your spouse, with your boss, the people you work with, your neighbors. I'm just believing that God is going to help you to overcome today. And there's going to be resurrection power in your families, in your relationships. And uh, so this is going to be a great morning. Let's pray and uh and invite the presence of God to come and invade our hearts, invade our homes. Maybe you're watching in your car or at your office, whatever. We just want to invite the presence of God to come as we're, as we're opening our hearts to his will and his word. So Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to hear your word and to have your Holy Spirit engage with us and shape and challenge us and bring life to us, bring hope to us. We're believing resurrection power is going to come into our into our uh into our relationships god into our homes our families our our workplaces wherever we have a relationship where we just believe you can do miracles and so that's our hope and faith today and uh, we're just opening our heart to you in jesus name amen this is going to be a great message you might want to, to text a friend or facebook a friend and encourage them to come and watch it's going to be a good one and so uh, I just want to just let you know while you're doing that, uh, about next week, we're going to be starting a new series and the series is uh, called New Normal. And it's all going to be all about what we're all going through. You know, the fact that we have to navigate through life and we don't even know what's coming, you know, next week or in next month or, you know, what's going to be happening in our world by summertime or in the fall. You hear all kinds of stories and rumors and and uh, there's so much uncertainty, but we're going to be just uh, uh, sharing some some hope with the church and some direction to help us, to guide us, to find a way into life and blessing as, we've, as we're walking with God as a church. And uh, so we're encouraging you to join us next week. But today we're going to be doing this last message in our forgiveness series, The Art of Forgiving and Forgetting. And uh, so we're excited about that. So uh, I don't know if you can tell or if you've met me before, but I'm six foot two. Uh, so I'm a fairly tall guy. Uh, but when I was a child, I was actually short for my age. I, was, I seemed to always be smaller and uh, I was a little bit chubby. And, you know, it came time for gym and, and choosing uh, teams and, and on the playground, you know, you pick teams for, for a kickball game or whatever. You know, teams would fight over me. <laughs> you know, they'd be fighting about who had to have me, <laughs> who had to have Greg on their team. We don't want that little chubby guy on our team, you know. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, uh, maybe maybe you have some experiences like that where you didn't really feel wanted when you were being picked for a team. Well, that was kind of what I went through. And, you know, uh, you know, our parents and our teachers and stuff, they try to make us feel better. They say things like, like, uh, Teamwork makes the dream work, and there's no I in team. And uh, um, I get what they're saying is that, you know, when we do things together, when we do things in unity and, and decide to work together, we can accomplish a lot. 
But, you know, the reality is, is the teams with the best players, you know, the, the superstars, those are the teams that really do well. Like, and I mean, not every time. I'm sure you can think of a team with a superstar that doesn't do well, or you can think of a team without a superstar that does well once in a while. But in general, that's usually the case, isn't it? In fact, you think about some of the superstar sports players like Wayne Gretzky or or Tom Brady or, or uh, think of the Toronto Raptors last year with Kawhi Leonard, you know, the best players, the teams that are that want to go far, they want the best players on their team. Why? Because the best players help you to be victorious, help you to win. And so today we're going to be talking about relationships and uh, getting through forgiveness and forgiving and forgetting and uh, overcoming hurts and offenses and, and winning the battle in our relationships. And so I want to encourage you, one of the ways that we can do well in this battle is we can have the right players on our team, right? We can have the star player. This is a battle we can win uh, as believers because when the teams are getting picked, our team has a superstar, right? Our team has a superstar. And I don't think I have to tell you, I think we all know that it's fun to be on the team with the superstar. It's fun to be on the team that has the best player, you know? It's it's just like, woohoo, we, we got the superstar on our team. We're going to do okay. Uh, and everybody's kind of high-fiving each other. It's fun to be on that team, right? You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 55 and 57, it says, Oh, death, where is your victory? So you can kind of imagine teams, eh? And, and one team saying to the other team, oh, yeah, where's you? how are you going to win? Where's your victory, right? Uh, kind of, you know, taunting each other and so on. And then in verse 57, uh, it says, God gives us the victory over sin and death through Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's God that gives us the victory. So when the teams are taunting each other, we're like, oh, yeah, well, God's going to give us the victory. And he's going to give it to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, which is really encouraging. You know, the reason why we can have victory in our relationships is because Jesus can give us victory. He can bring us into victory. He can help us to be victorious over sin and death. You know, Jesus, when you think about Easter, Jesus faced torture. He was mocked. He was, he was stripped. He was beaten. He was, he was whipped. He had a crown of thorns rammed onto his head and, and uh, he was accused. He was he was shamed. He was he was mocked. Like just like pretty much everything you could think, brutal things. Like he was he was brought into the courts when they weren't even open. Like everything, like it was just bizarre. The stuff that was going on. Then he was nailed to a cross, tortured, and he and he died a torturous, agonizing death on the cross. And we think that's our, that's our, there's our champion right there taking one for the team. Like he, he took it all. He was laid in a tomb wrapped in death clothes and, and, uh, and the door was slammed shut and sealed. You know, it was the fate was finalized for him. That's it. <laughs> but yes, Jesus rose victorious over sin and death and the tomb is empty the grave clothes are laid to the side and Jesus comes out and he encounters the, his disciples and friends who loved him and, and then he he met people for a number of days where people saw him witnessed him alive and then they saw him ascend into heaven as he gave final instructions and and then now Jesus is establishing his kingdom right here on the earth. And he wants to establish his kingdom 
in your life, in your relationships. He wants to help you to move past the hell that you're in and come into freedom in your relationships through forgiveness and victory over sin and death. You know, Jesus wants to lead you into victory. Jesus did all that stuff. He didn't go through all that stuff so that Mel Gibson could make a movie. He did all that stuff so that you could come into victory in your life. And so this is a great message on forgiving and finding forgiveness. And I want to encourage you that we have the superstar on our team. Jesus is the superstar and he's on our team. He's conquered sin and death so that you could experience victory in your life. Now, victory is going to release you from sin's power. It's going to release you from the control it's got on you, from the curse that it's got over you, from the bondage that it's holding you in, the limitations. Man, who, who knows about limitations right now? Hey, we're all stuck in our homes. You know, if we wanted to do something, we can't even do it because we're so, there's so much limitation. You know, there's so much defeat. You know, we've been hurt over and over, and it's almost like... I've been hurt so bad so many times, I don't even want to try anymore. And it's just like you just hang your head down in defeat. Well, Jesus wants to give us victory. He wants to give you victory. You know, through Jesus, we can have victory. And having Jesus on our team makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. So I want to ask you, do you have a relationship that's broken? Do you have a hurt maybe that's never healed? Do you have an offense that's never been forgiven? A failure that you don't even want to think about. There's so much shame related to it and, and embarrassment. You just don't even want to face it. Well, I want to encourage you this Easter, this Easter morning, this could be the day for victory to come into your life. It's a time for a new start. That's what Easter is all about. New life, resurrection life, resurrection power. The same spirit that was in Jesus is in you, the Bible says. And this is a start for a new day. So what is victory? What is victory through our Lord Jesus? Well, I, I just wanted to pose this question to us. You like my PowerPoint slides today. <laughs> what is victory through Jesus? Well, you've probably had the runaround before. I don't know if you've ever tried to take something back that broke to a store or or maybe your cell phone bill is not right and you phone in and you're trying to, maybe you're trying to get a better deal or whatever, or you got to apply for something at the government office. Um, um, all kinds of different things, right? can happen. You go in and you talk to an employee and they're just an employee and they send you maybe to another employee and no one can answer your questions. No one seems to be able to help you. They just keep giving you answers that you don't want to hear. So what do you do? Well, you ask for the supervisor. You ask for the supervisor because the supervisor has more authority, right? Well, the Bible says in, in Matthew 28, quotes Jesus, he said, all authority has been given to me. That's what Jesus said. All authority has been given to me by the Father. So Jesus said, he's got the authority. So when we go through Jesus, when we go through him, Guess what? When it comes to relationships, when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to defeating the power, the bondage, the brokenness that sin brings into our lives, Jesus has all the authority. He's got, he's got the power to bring us into victory. You know, maybe you've given up on even trying to forgive, getting past a hurt or an offense. I want to encourage you that Jesus could help you. He could give you victory at forgiving. 
He could even change your heart so much that you would even have the desire to want to forgive. You might be sitting there thinking, I don't even want to forgive that person. I'm so mad at them. They've hurt me so bad. You know, Jesus can even give you the desire to forgive. He can give you the courage to go through this. He can give you the strength that you need. You know, one of the mistaken thoughts that we have when it comes to forgiving and forgetting is this, that if we haven't forgotten, then we must not have forgiven. If we haven't forgotten, we must not have forgiven. So we think, oh, because I still remember what that person did, that means I must not have really forgiven them. You know what I want to say to you about that? That's silly. <laughs> That's a silly thought. You know, last year I was, uh, parked my Jeep out in the driveway and I came in and I forgot to lock the door. And that night someone broke into my Jeep or they went, walked in and opened the door and went in and they stole some stuff out of there. Stole a pair of uh, sunglasses that I had, prescription sunglasses with uh, um, progressive lenses in them. They're expensive and uh, and useless to anybody. No one, no one's going to have my prescription. Like, you know, not very many people anyway. It would, have, it would be near impossible. And, and I don't have a clue who stole them. I don't know if it was a man, a woman, young person, old person. I have no idea. No idea what was going on in their lives. Nothing. But you know what? I've decided, at first I was angry, I was ticked off, but I've decided to forgive that person. I just decided I'm going to release that person, whoever you are, from the debt of what you've done to me, from the debt of stealing those glasses from me. And so I decided to release them from that debt. And you know what happened when I decided to release them from that debt? I then released myself from the debt of unforgiveness, right? Jesus said, he taught us in the Lord's Prayer, that if we forgive, our Heavenly Father would forgive us, right? And so I just think, isn't that cool uh, to think that I can invite forgiveness into my life by releasing forgiveness, by releasing someone else from their debt? And then and then Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, not only do we, we invite forgiveness, but he said, if we are merciful, we invite mercy, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. That's the favor of God. It's God giving us what we don't deserve. Isn't it amazing that God would give us something that we didn't deserve just because we were releasing mercy? He's going to, he, we're just inviting mercy. We're inviting favor into our lives. So isn't that great? So, but the thing is, the thing is, I've forgiven that person. I've released them from the debt and Really cool is I've then opened the door for forgiveness to come to me for other things where I need forgiveness and I've invited God's favor into my life. But you know what? I didn't forget that that happened. I locked my door on my Jeep. I, I locked my door on the Jeep because I don't want someone to steal from me again. I didn't get any new glasses yet. Hopefully one day I'll be able to afford to, to replace them. But one day I'll get a new pair of glasses. God will help me, I'm sure but I locked the door on my Jeep now. Why? Because I didn't forget. I didn't forget that it happened. I chose to forget to collect the debt. You know what I'm saying? I chose to release them from paying me back. I chose to forget about the debt, but I didn't forget that it happened. I know it happened and I know now I should be locking my door and I actually go back and check it twice sometimes. So forgetting a debt does not necessarily mean not remembering it. Forgetting is just choosing not 
to collect on it. So if you imagine, if you had a, an account and you could just keep track, you know, there's $400 for those glasses and there's, you know, so much for that. And you start making an account that people owe you, right? They owe, and I got to be paid back for that. So when you forgive, what you're doing is you're wiping that off. The, that's the forgetting. You're forgetting it. You're wiping it off the account. And you're saying no longer on the account. And I've released that person. I've released that debt. And it's no longer there. I've forgotten it. <laughs> I'm not forgotten that it's happened. I didn't get spiritual amnesia or anything like that. I still remember. But I've forgotten. I'm not going to collect on it. And then I want to remind you that the Bible says in Romans 12, 19, that God settles our debts. <laughs> it says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. <laughs> so you imagine this, that God's going to take care of it. He's going to, he's going to pay you back. He, somehow he'll make up for it, you know, in my life. And I don't even have to think about it. You know, I'm going to be blessed by God. God's going to deal with other people the way he sees fit. He knows what's going on in people's hearts, and I don't, right? So this is one thing that can really set us free, is by releasing people, by forgetting what's on the account. Now, we are held back oftentimes in victory, uh, uh, from victory, by keeping a list. Now, keeping a list means that we're keeping score. It means that we're we're uh, wanting to settle the score. We're wanting to even things up, right? If we keep a list, it, that's the reason why we keep it, because we want to even things up. So by keeping a list, rehearsing a list, uh, you just keep you know, going over what you, what's been taken from you or how someone's offended you. It's like you make the list and it cements it into your mind. It cements it in there. It just makes it solid in there. It's, just, it's like it's, you can't pry it out with a crowbar. You know, when I was in high school, I played uh, clarinet. I played in in bands. I played in marching band and a pep band and all kinds of things. And we were moving around. Oftentimes, we were playing, so I had to memorize the music. And uh, um, to memorize, what you do is you go, you do rehearse it. You go over and over it. You rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. So I remember one time I got a piece of music and I rehearsed it, and rehearsed it, and rehearsed it, trying to memorize it. And I realized when we got to a practice that I'd actually been practicing it wrong. I had the timing wrong. I was playing it, and so the director corrected me and got me pointing in the right direction. But, you know, oftentimes after, even though I learned it right, I would still revert back and play the wrong thing because I had rehearsed it so many times. And uh, we were being adjudicated, we were being judged in a competition. And it just comes to this one part in the piece, and everybody stops playing for a second. And guess what? You know, I had a blast out. You know, I'm, I'm caught. I'm red-faced. I played the wrong thing, even though I didn't want to. It was just because I'd rehearsed it over and over. So we're held back oftentimes from victory because we're keeping the list. We have to stop uh, rehearsing the wrong thing if we want victory. Now, Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, Love keeps no record of wrongs. <laughs> isn't that a powerful, isn't that a powerful uh, verse of scripture in the love chapter? Love keeps no records. Of wrongs. You know, the secret to keeping no record of wrongs, I want to give you two things. Number one, we need to choose to stop talking about it with others. We need to stop talking about the wrongs that have happened with other people. In fact, the only reason we would talk to other people about what happened is because we want people to join with us. We want them on our team. We want them on our side, right? And uh, the, the problem is, is we're, 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 uh, we're building a, 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 a 
a battle or we're building a team against the wrong thing, right? We're not building a team for forgiveness. We're building a thing, a team to get even, to get revenge, to, to get payback or whatever. And so we're, we're trying to find people that will agree with us and not like that other person like we don't like them and to make them pay. The only reason to talk to another person is to talk to one other person about what you're going through so they can help you to forgive, right? And that could be your spouse, it could be your pastor, it could be your uh, a counselor, a trusted friend. Somebody that's not going to agree with you necessarily, they're going to tell you the truth. And that's it. you need to forgive, right? And then uh, the other thing we need to do is choose not to talk about it with yourself. And so I'm not talking about talking out loud or whatever. I'm just talking about going over the thoughts in your mind. You know, when you lay in your bed, when you're in the shower, when you're driving in your car, when you're in the store and you see that person that's ripped you off or whatever, and you start rehearsing what you wished you would have done, what you wished you would have said, what you wished you could do to them to get them back and all. And you start going over those thoughts in your mind. What it does is it cements in your mind the wrong thing. So we need to stop keeping a record of wrongs. And we need to replace the list with a new list, right? We need to replace that list with a new list. And I want to just refer to this scripture found in 1 Chronicles 16, 24. Rehearse among nations his glory. That's talking about God's glory. Among all the peoples, God's wonders, right? So this is King David, and he's saying, you know what? In order to get our minds thinking the right way, this is what we got to do. We got to rehearse among the people, among, among our friends, among the whole nation, God's glory, and among all the people, his wonders. And you know what that does? When we choose to talk about the glory and wonder of God, this is what happens. We talk about what God has done. We talk about what God will do. And you know what happens? It starts to build our faith. It starts to give us a new perspective. It starts to give us new hope and it starts to express what we really want in our lives. We don't really want revenge. We don't really want to get even. What we want is we want to be in love with the Lord and be blessed and led by him into, into freedom. And we want to have great relationships. You know what I mean? Can you imagine wanting to get even with your spouse or be in love with your spouse? You know what I'm talking about? Like what would be the better thing here? It's obvious that we would be in love with one another. We'd enjoy the fruits and the benefits of having great relationship. Now, in Chronicles, David was saying that we need to do these things. And, and one of the ways that we can do them, I want to encourage you, is we can memorize scripture. I, I want to encourage you, like just pick a verse from the scripture. Maybe it's even that, that verse I quoted from Daniel uh, chapter 11 today. Or another verse that you just say, you know what, I want to memorize a scripture today. Uh, and th just spend some time this week while you're in, in isolation. You can say, you know what, I'm going to memorize a scripture. Maybe, maybe, uh, uh, this scripture that I just read on rehearse among the nations, his glory and among all the people, his wonders. And you just, and you'll be able to remind yourself of what you want to do with your life. So you can start to memorize a scripture and it starts to point your mind in the direction that you want it to go. Another thing you can do is sing songs of worship and praise and glory to God or share stories about how God has been good to you. Last night we were hearing stories uh, and uh, some of the men were talking about how God has blessed them in their lives in the past and led them into good things and prosperity. Man, how encouraging was that? Man, I just love that. Um, 
So I want to just remind you now, David, uh, King David, that said this, before that happened, he was actually treated really unfairly by the previous kings, King Saul. King Saul tormented him. He chased him. He got he rallied people to hate David and want to kill David. And, and, and David was just simply trying to follow God, do what God asked him to do. But Saul got jealous. You know, he just turned on him. You know, David could have said, I'm never going to trust anybody ever again. I'm not going to, I don't want to be friends with anybody if that's how they're going to treat me. I don't want to even trust God. You know, God doesn't even, God doesn't even stick up for me. And he, I, what I need to do is I need to make a list and remind God of all these things that Saul did to me. That's what he could have thought. But this is what King David decided to do. I made a list. I'm going to make a list of what God has done and what God will do. And he got, not only did he do it, but in that scripture, it says he stirred the people up in the, in the nation so that they were singing with him, that they were declaring the very same thing. Hey, we want to talk about what God has done and what God will do. Now, I want to just tell you that hurts and offense, temptation can come into our lives. And you know what oftentimes we want to do? is we want to isolate. We want to pull back. We want to hide out. We want to withdraw from people. We want to withdraw from God. Uh, we want to run from God. Because in our minds, there's that battle going, I, will, I need to even the score. I need to even the score. You know, in, in 2011, the Vancouver Canucks, they made it to the last round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. In fact, they were playing the Boston Bruins in the last round and it went to game seven and in game seven it was in Vancouver uh, there was it was like everywhere people lined up outside watching it in the streets and everything and the game was played and the Vancouver Canucks lost the game uh, uh, four to zero and the fans in the game they were booing they thought the referees the officials had somehow conspired against their team and and uh, they were they were really upset. And then they, they started thinking, well, it was really the league. The league had some kind of scheme that Boston needed to win. And, and they somehow schemed against Vancouver. And then after the game, the fans spilled out onto the streets. And they started to riot. Why did they do that? Because they thought it was unfair how they'd been treated. And they wanted to get even. They wanted to settle the score is what they wanted to do. And they started burning cars. They were flipping police cars over and burning them. They were busting into stores and ransacking them and stealing, looting, all kinds of stuff. I remember seeing pictures of guys climbing up the street lights and hanging off the street lights and wrecking stuff. And just, it was crazy. In fact, they said there was $4 million of damage done that night. Amazing. $4 million of damage to even the score. And then, and then the police had to investigate it all. There was a video and all that kind of stuff. So they investigated $13.5 million was spent on the investigation. So $17.5 million was spent on this riot to even the score. And guess what? <laughs> there was no evening the score. Only thing that happened is everybody looked like fools that was involved in that. They looked, it looked, they looked, it just painted them in such a bad light because they were trying to get even. And I want to just tell us our best efforts to settle the score, they fall miserably short miserably short but when we when we run to Jesus we invite him to be on our team help him ask ask him to help us to forgive uh, three things can happen I want to talk to you about today number one 
when we choose to forgive, Jesus will fight your battles. <laughs> what a great promise, eh? What a great victory promise that the, the, the Lord of victory, Jesus will fight your battles. When you get a victorious God like that, fighting your battles, you know what's going to happen is that you're going to win. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4 says, he goes with you to fight for you. What a great promise to give you victory. Man, I just love that. I just love that promise. When we choose to forgive, when we choose to have, engage with Jesus, when we choose to release people from their debts. Another thing that happens is Jesus will give us power over temptation. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You know, some of you might be feeling, I just have no power. When the devil comes and tempts me, when I just, I just, I just have no spiritual strength to do what's right. I do what's wrong instead of right. I just don't know how to. You know what happens when you get, uh, you, when you, uh, when you forgive and you release people, Jesus will give you power. He'll give you power in your spiritual life. And lastly, last thing today, last slide of the day, Jesus will give us peace. When you choose to forgive, when you choose to have victory in Jesus, he will give you peace. <laughs> the God of all peace. Uh, why don't we just invite him into our lives? In me, Jesus said, you will have peace. I want to just invite you to pray with me this morning on this Easter morning. Maybe there's something here that just grabbed your heart. You said, Pastor Greg, I want peace. I want strength. I want spiritual strength in my life. I want Jesus to fight for me. And uh, you've been maybe holding on to some unforgiveness. Maybe you've had in your mind, you know, that forgiving and forgetting, you know, have I, have I really forgotten? Well, you release the debt. Remember what I said? You just got to release the, get the debt off the books. <laughs> I'm not going to hold them to it anymore. And just release them, release forgiveness. And we can see that Jesus will come fight for us, strengthen us, bring peace into our lives. So why don't we pray this morning? Maybe you've never, ever opened your heart to Jesus. I want to just give you a chance to do that this morning. You know, the king of victory, the king that overcame sin and the grave, the, the guy that when they said, who's on your team? Who's going to give you victory? Well, it's Jesus that's going to be on my team. And maybe you want to invite him on your team right now. Just open your heart to him. Why don't you just say to him, Jesus, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. I'm opening my heart doors to you. I'm flinging it wide. You know, there's stuff in my life that just doesn't belong. There's, there's maybe unforgiveness and, and there's, there's offenses and hurts, God. And I'm just asking you right now, would you come into my life and forgive me, Lord? Forgive me for holding on to these things. And Lord, I pray you to help me, help me to forgive. Help me to release forgiveness. Help me to forget the debts that I've been holding on to all this time. Thank you, Jesus. I just invite you to come into my life. Now I ask, would you be my Lord? Would you be the leader of my life? Would you give me direction? Would you guide me? Would you lead me, Lord, as I soften my heart to you? Thank you, Jesus. Now wash my heart. Wash me clean. Remove the sin in my life, the desire for sin in my life. Do a miracle in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I congratulate you if you prayed that prayer. And just at the bottom of the screen there, you'll see 
There's a spot where you can click to put your hand up that you've given your life to Christ. I encourage you to do that. It'll help us and we can just make a connection with you and encourage you by email and offer you some free resources to help you grow in your faith. And maybe you're here today and you've been battling with forgiveness. You've been battling with a hurt. You've been battling with an offense and you're just done with it. <laughs> you want to invite Jesus on the team in your family, maybe in your workplace. Maybe it's maybe it's in your neighborhood, whatever it is. Maybe it's on Facebook. Uh, and you just need to you just need to fess up and ask for forgiveness. And so we're just going to do that right now. We're just going to pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you that your grace is there for us. Uh, your empowering presence that helps us to be who you want us to be and do what you want us to do. And so, Lord, right now, we're just believing that you're going to help us to release forgiveness. And just think of these people that have offended us, hurt us. And Lord, we forgive them now 